Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Suzanne Harris. Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Sloan Fremont filling in for Suzanne Harris. This is a podcast where listeners get the secret story behind every book. Joining me today is Dr. Marnix Wells, author of the book, Hagunza, The Tao of Unity, Linking Politics, Philosophy, and Religion in Ancient China. How did a young boy growing up in exile become China's first Augustan emperor? Well, today we're going to find out. So Marnix, I want to welcome you to the Books on Air podcast. Okay, thank you, Sloan. Uh, good to speak with you. Yeah, so let's start out by telling the audience just a little bit about yourself and what led you to write your book. Right. Um, well, I've always had a kind of fascination with China and uh, discovering the unknown. And um, so I did ended up doing Chinese at, uh, at Oxford. My first choice had been archaeology, but <clears throat> my father warned me off saying there was no money, no money in it. I think mm -hmm. he expected me to go in the diplomatic corps. So um, he he was happy with Chinese as a as my choice, and um, as it happened, I did end up working in the, in the Far East. At that time, uh, it was the Mao's Cultural Revolution, so mm -hmm. I couldn't get into mainland China. Mm -hmm. So I I went to Hong Kong, and then uh, Taiwan, and Japan, and eventually South Korea. But most of the time was probably Taiwan, and uh, that was my uh, most direct contact with Chinese culture. Until later, I could go to the mainland and check out some of the places. Um, so that that's, uh, in a nutshell, my experience of uh, of China. Interesting. So, how long did you live there in that area? Um, I was. I was over 10 years altogether in Taiwan and about the same in South Korea. Mm -hmm. I, was, can, I was working as a manager in a sh container shipping company, uh, or companies, I should say. And um, it was pretty much booming at that time, the export trade. And um, so I was able to, um, you know, make a bit of money. And at the same time, pursue my interest in Chinese culture and uh, everything from Taiji to Chinese music and opera. And, um, and so, um, yeah, I even married a Taiwanese um, and have a daughter who's now a, now a medical doctor. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. So you were there, had a definitely in the culture, understood it. And so, Tell us about how you got, tell us, let's talk about the book a little bit. Can you set the scene for us? Tell us about a little bit of a background on the story. Yeah. Um, well, I was attracted by the kind of spiritual nature of Taoism mm -hmm. and uh, the writings of uh, Lao Tzu. And uh, I, you know, as a kind of also someone interested in in history and uh, battles and the military. Uh, my father was an Air Force pilot, 
in the Second World War. Um, and so I kind of, I had a problem, you know, how, how does this, you know, peaceful, uh, gentle religion, how does it sort of equate with, um, with the real world? <clears throat> how does it deal with uh, politics, politics and um, in the art of war, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, I discovered this book by Herguanza, which it seems um, was influenced by Lalza because he quotes him several times. Uh, but at the same time, he has a um, he has a kind of um, down to earth outlook. Uh, about how to solve the world problems, which at that time was perhaps not similar to, to, to today or our recent history in the sense that there were, there were a lot of warring kingdoms. And uh, he was actually, the writer, I think, was in the middle, uh, judging from what he says of himself, he, he was actually uh, facing an invasion from uh, the the uh, kingdom of Qin, mm -hmm. which um, Qin was the one which was very shortly to unify China by conquering the other kingdoms. And it is thought that the name China actually comes from Qin, which was the westernmost kingdom, and they were very uh, formidable on the battlefield and also quite ruthless in their methods. Mm -hmm. um, so this is the background as I see it. And he also has a kind of utopian vision of a kind of messiah, which is something which um, was not detected in Chinese history at that time, uh, so far as I, I can see. So th this uh, his work uh, had been kind of um, sidelined because uh, there were questions about whether it was really authentic uh, but this was kind of exploded when they discovered new manuscripts from the tombs mm. uh, about 2,000 years ago. Um, people had been buried sort of 2,200 years ago. And um, so they, they kind of corroborated uh, the authenticity of Herguanza. Uh, and yet, although there have been uh, academic studies, of the work, nobody had translated it. So I felt, you know, we have to get it into English, as difficult as that may be. Um, so I charged in and uh, th this book is the result. Mm -hmm. Well, and let's, for those who maybe aren't familiar with Taoism, can you explain, explain that, the philosophy? Yeah. Um, Lao Tzu, um, who is presumed the author, although nothing is really known for sure, um, somewhere around 300 plus BC, he, he, he wrote this book, um, which is called the Tao Te Ching, which is the way and virtue. Uh, now, the way is my translation or the, the common translation of the Tao, mm -hmm. which is the, the way of nature, really. And he, he looked to water as the kind of ideal substance because it is so vital to life and so adaptable and yet it is so soft but it can conquer the hardest substance uh, over time mm -hmm. like it can wear away uh, hard stone 
and and so the, this is the kind of um, the model which he held up for us in our daily lives that we should think about using softness rather than hardness because hardness will break mm -hmm. but softness can adapt and accommodate to different situations and so that, that that's his ideal um but he never he never mentions any person by name or any place or even any time so he's a bit of a mystery man mm -hmm. uh the Hoguanza, on the other hand, um, although we don't know um, anything from other sources, but from his own work, he does mention, um, say, the Kingdom of Zhao, which was in confrontation with Qin, and he he mentions the name of certain kings. So we can we can pretty much place him in time and place, which is helpful to understand the background. Mm-hmm. So this this process of the translation and and what you went through, how long did it take you to write your book? Well, that's in a sense. So you could say I've half half my life has been working towards it. Mm -hmm. uh, my thesis uh, was was about twenty twenty two years ago, uh, and that sort of fed into it. Um, I studied um, the idea of dynamics which is a kind of a potential uh, force which underlies everything. And in a sense, that's what the, uh, the Taoists tend to, tend to sort of try to do. In other words, you adapt to the forces which are already there. Uh, you tap into them. Much as I suppose science does to mm -hmm. create uh, energy because actually they don't, create energy is so much tap into uh, nature's energies right yeah yeah and of course that that's what we can do in in our life of course uh, rather than um, you know charging into uh, into situations if we listen and uh, learn then we can usually do better um, and um, work with people and with situations rather than try to create everything as if um, as if you, we were kind of gods ourselves. Right. Well, and in that, often we try in that resistance, right? We don't like something or we don't want something, so we might push against it or reject yeah. it in some way. And the energy it takes to do that and the mental toll and the physical toll yeah. it takes on a person versus what you're saying, that approach of that softness or that gentleness um, mm. is, is such a more peaceful and easier way to live. That's right. Um, I, I mean, it doesn't mean that we have to accept everything. Right. But... Um, so it's it's not a cop out. Um, we we have to um, we have to work, but we um, at the same time we, we you know we have to use, you know be smart with our with our with our methods, uh, not not try to impose, uh, but rather to uh, adapt and make use of uh, what 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 is already there or what we can tap into. Right. Yes. And that reminder of, of it not, you know, going along with something doesn't mean we give up and, and yeah. just, you know, we're not 
you know, taking responsibility for ourselves. It's a, it's a different way, a different approach. I, I, yeah, exactly. Anyway. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so in your, in this process of the translation and, and, you know, even having your, the experiences you've had um, in, in all those different countries, did anything surprise you during the process? Um, well, I, um, I, I discovered that, um, Although Chin was um, kind of seemed to be the enemy, I think uh, ultimately that um, the 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 Chin, which founded the Chinese Empire, was basically, in some sense, uh, tapping into Huguanza because he has this kind of vision of all nations and and races and coming together, uh, and although it wasn't done. It wasn't done peacefully, as it turned out. Nonetheless, uh, they did adopt this idea of uh, sort of centralized uh, unity, uh, which um, China has enjoyed in some way for 2,000 years. So, mm -hmm. you know, while Europe was fragmented, the Chinese um, have have um, have had this example of, although they have had some... Uh, some gaps where you know where they were conquered or they, they had civil wars, but nonetheless they have kept going as as a kind of uh, empire or a kind of uh, state um, for you know for the last two thousand years, in centered um, in one one nation, and so that's uh, it's a good lesson for the world. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it's also a kind of something we need to be careful about uh, because it's um, it's also a potential threat to the rest of us unless we can somehow work things out. So um, it, it cuts both ways. Right. Yeah, and this but, is such uh, a, a fascinating topic and, and so much to it, um, but we're coming up on the end of our time. So just a couple more <laughs> questions before we wrap up. Um, who would you say your book would appeal to and why? Um, well, I, I'm hoping that it can, can appeal to both the uh, kind of scholars and the general uh, interest because <clears throat> I think it's, um, although I've, I've tried to, to make it as academically respectable as possible, giving references um, and also being quite sort of conservative in my translation, rather maybe too literal, but at the same time, I think it is something which concerns everybody mm -hmm. um, and the idea of unity not only on the spiritual realm but but also in the uh, in the world today uh, seems to be such a vital topic yeah so, so you know hopefully it's it's for everyone, but uh, I realize that uh, that it may not appeal to all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I, that that spiritual side that you just touched on there, I mean, um, it's very easy to look out into the world and want the world to change, but not wanting to do anything within ourselves. <laughs> and True. It, True. It, it, it sounds like what you're a lot of what you're touching on here is is encouraging people to to look at that, to look at that what's going on within. Yeah, indeed. Um, I think there's there's lots of people doing that. Uh, at the same time, we need to look out. We need to, you know, learn more about other the rest of the world, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, more we need to know more about China and its culture, not from the propaganda so much as from right. the actual history, right? Um, and um, and also into you know Asia, Africa, South America. Um, you know, we we mustn't shut ourselves away in our Western uh, paradise. Well, mm-hmm. not so not so paradise, <laughs> um, but <laughs> but uh, you know we 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 must engage with the world and uh, what's going on in Bali right now may be a, a good start. <clears throat> yeah, and again, like I said, such a fascinating topic. And, and Dr. Marnik Wells, I want to thank you for joining us today. Um, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Before okay, we close, great questions. Thanks, Liz. Thank you. Yes. And before we close out, what do you hope the readers learn or take away after reading your book? Um, well, thinking about uh, unity, as I say, in different ways, um, both um, from the point of view of nature, uh, environment, uh, and also, as I say, the the politics of the world, um, how we can understand the the other people, our people, and um, hopefully, um, you know, not 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 go to war mm-hmm. if it if it's possible to avoid it. But at the same time, we have to uh, maintain our principles, and I think her Guanza shows that. Yeah. Well, again. I want to thank you, Dr. Marnix Wells, for joining us today. It's been amazing to talk to you. Okay, many thanks. Take care. You, you can find more about the book, Huguanza, The Tao of Unity, Linking Politics, Philosophy, and Religion in Ancient China on Amazon. And I'll link to the book in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast, brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join us for the next Books on Air podcast. Remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.